Hey everybody, this is episode 13 of Digging Deeper. Let's go. In this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to a young entrepreneur by the name of Joseph Lee. Joseph and his friend, Robert Kirstiak, started an online marketplace that connects fishermen and producers directly to the retailer and consumer. It is called Freshline, formerly known as Coastline. Think of it as Amazon for seafood. In a short time of four years, they've developed a very vibrant business model and was recognized in 2018 for being one of the recipients of the Forbes 30 under 30 list. This was certainly a big accomplishment for Joseph and his partner, Robert. A big testament to their entrepreneurial spirit, work ethic, perseverance, which are all topics that we cover today. This is a good podcast for those thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, as well as learning some of the qualities that it takes to be successful in any business endeavor that you pursue. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor of Digging Deeper. Just kidding, we don't have any sponsors for this podcast, but I want to thank you guys for listening. And I also want to thank you for the positive feedback that I received from some of you. And if you like this podcast and want to continue to support it, please feel free to give us five stars and give us a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. But here is my conversation with Joseph. Hey, so I got uh, Joseph Lee from uh, Freshline here. How's it going, Joseph? Thanks for joining the podcast. Things are well. Thank you for having me, Ben. Yeah, and uh, I know we've been trying to uh, plan this uh, for a while, and I'm glad it, uh, we finally both found the time to be able to make this happen. So thank you once again. <laughs> yeah, after three months, I, I appreciate the patience and the back and forth there. Well, you're definitely a busy man and uh, running uh, your own company, and obviously COVID times have made it uh, a bit challenging. So I'm going to jump right into it and uh, kind of ask you to tell us a little bit about your company, and, and how it started and uh, where things are at right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm uh, Joseph. I'm the co-founder and CPO at Freshline. And what Freshline is, it's an e-commerce and order fulfillment tool for producers and wholesalers selling to end consumers. So with a suite of tools such as automatic pick list, catch weight adjustments, and geographic fencing, we make it really easy for wholesalers to kickstart or level up their direct-to-consumer business. So uh, that's what Freshline is. Uh, we started about uh, six years ago now, five oh, years wow. ago. Okay, okay. So it's been it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. So we started back in 20, it's a, actually four years ago. So 2016 is when we started. Uh, we initially started as Coastline, and the mission there was to really connect commercial fishermen directly to restaurants. Right. And, you know, we built out that business for about four years uh, and scaled it to around, you know, 2.5, 3 million in sales every year wow. um, okay. until COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. And really, uh, in a span of, you know, uh, one or two weeks, we, we had 70% of our revenues really dissipate and, and 
wow. you know, incinerate, right. which kind of was the impetus for us to pivot and look at the long-term future of the hospitality industry and really where we wanted to position the company moving forward. So I yeah. see. And how did this idea start? Like, were you involved in some sort of uh, uh um, part of the seafood industry in the past, or it kind of just was an idea that you developed with a friend? Yeah, not specifically. So my business partner actually comes from a long line of uh, uh, commercial fishing in New Brunswick. So he's from a small town called Point Barrett in northern New Brunswick. And him and, uh, him and I had always been very, very entrepreneurial growing up. We started a business together back in high school. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, producing and selling organic soy candles to farmers markets and to uh, different stores in the lower mainland. Right. And uh, we had gone different paths and he was studying physics at Western University. I was studying uh, computer science and business at uh, the University of British Columbia. Right. And him and I had continued to keep in touch and ideate on new ideas and projects and, and startups. And uh, we started hearkening back on one of his experiences, you know, out on the docks in New Brunswick, talking to a fisherman. Right. And what the fisherman had said is, you know, I need to go dock to dock to dock in each city, uh, in each village, trying to sell most of my catch to the end consumer. Uh, because I'm actually making 10 times more, or often uh, even more than that. Uh, when I sell to you guys instead of the broker in the main city. Right. So that's when we started saying or asking ourselves, why is this the case? And why is there such a variance and gap between what they're earning uh, from the broker or the processor versus selling to the end consumer? And right. how can we democratize that access to the fishermen, to the consumer uh, in a seamless way? Right. And, uh, yeah, so the initial premise was to really create uh, an e-commerce and kind of management tool for the fishermen to sell off the dock. And from then on, it kind of snowballed and evolved, you know, and morphed multiple times into, you know, the business that it is today. And um, you kind of touch on part of the, your entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm not an entrepreneur, but when I read articles or biographies about uh, different entrepreneurs that kind of seems to where a lot of business ideas come from uh, for entrepreneurs is they're looking at a a current um, a ter current issue or a product or service and trying to find ways to maximize maybe the efficiency or the delivery of this product to consumers. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something you've always had as a kid? Um, you, you talked about even having an entrepreneurial uh, business idea in high school. Does this start yeah. even when you were in elementary school? You know, you hear stories about um, kids uh, having lemonade stands or paper routes and running it right. as a business. Uh, is that something you, you had even early on as a, as a child? Yeah, for sure. And, and really, that wasn't, you know, me trying to be an entrepreneur or trying to be a businessman. It was really... Uh, I had that entrepreneurial spirit ingrained in me. Uh, right. You know, a lot of it came from my parents, but it also came from uh, other inspirations in my life as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I started my first business at the age of 14, 15, right. uh, really in retail arbitrage. So what I would do is I would buy and sell uh, wholesale electronics from, you know, different vendors okay. and, and I would distrib distribute them uh, to end consumers through Craigslist and Kijiji. So 
Huh. Uh, I would meet up with people at shady parking lots, uh, <laughs> parkades, right. uh, back when I was 14, 15. So my parents weren't uh, super thrilled about that. But really right. what I was excited about was the rush of creating value and creating something from nothing. Right. And really that impetus led me to you know begin and start projects across you know uh, soy candles, like I mentioned before, right. uh, clothing, uh, web development, consulting. Um, until eventually I, I, you know, gave up on some of those in, endeavors as I entered university and kind of entered the corporate realm. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, I only lasted, I think, three internships uh, until I uh, got the itch to start something again. And uh, yeah. that's when I started uh, Coastline Fresh Line. Yeah, I was going to touch on a little bit about what motivates you uh, when you start new businesses and kind of your role as an entrepreneur. But I want to kind of go back to um you're talking about when you were a kid and i think your parents seemed like they were pretty supportive uh of you and kind of uh going through these endeavors you know growing up in a traditional asian family where uh school and education and kind of following the safe route is what we are told growing up uh, how did how did your parents kind of um support you uh, but also kind of reminding you to uh, go go through with your education in university Right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm always steadfast in saying, you know, my parents have been the most supportive parents. I know that's uh, something everyone says, uh, but they're super supportive. And, and really what they want from me uh, is to kind of achieve happiness and, and get fulfillment. So as long as I'm happy and feeling fulfilled, whether that's, uh, you know, running a startup, going uh, into the corporate realm, becoming a doctor, becoming a biologist, really, right. as long as I'm fulfilled and happy. Yeah, uh, they've always yeah. been supportive, uh, and same goes for you know their intentions for my brother on that front as well. So uh, I've been really lucky to have their blessings and their support. Uh, if I didn't, I wouldn't be you know a fourth year dropout from uh, from UBC and yeah. the only one from my family without a degree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been really lucky to kind of have them cheering cheering me on from the sidelines, and definitely wouldn't be where I am today uh, without them. And you kind of follow the path of uh, other successful entrepreneurs that uh, are at a very young age starting new businesses and becoming these entrepreneurs. And um, when we learn about different entrepreneurs like, say, Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg, they tend to, we always hear their stories of dropping out of college. Um, and right. is it because the, the kind of structure and confines of academic institutions uh, you feel really stunts your growth and development uh, as an entrepreneur? Not necessarily. I, I actually attribute a lot of my successes to the experiences and the connections that I made in university. Okay. Uh, and, you know, looking back, I wouldn't do it any other way. Okay. Um, so the first three years of my university really were foundational and fundamental to my success. Right. Um, I think it really boils down to timing. Mm -hmm. So entrepreneurship, it's all about uh, timing and, you know, um, alignment of many different factors coming into play and you taking advantage of it. So I think in the case of, uh, you know, Zuckerberg and, and Gates, I'm not going to <laughs> compare myself to them, but right. I think in, in most cases, uh, when someone does end up dropping out, it's the case where the business takes off or an opportunity is time bound right. and they need to take advantage of it. Um, at that point, uh, and maybe if they wait a year, that opportunity is gone. Someone else has capitalized on it. Right. And that's kind of how I felt where 
uh, I had never intended uh, to drop out, but right. really the opportunity cost of staying in university and attending class and uh, not dedicating the amount of time I needed to dedicate to the business in order to see it through to success right. uh, was too big. So that was really the impetus. And, and I'd always intended to kind of go back. Uh, um, and I, and I continue to sometimes think that, right. but uh, it's now been four years and uh, I have not gone back. <laughs> and you bring up a, a good quality that a lot of businessmen and entrepreneurs have is the ability to recognize timing and opportunity. Um, myself, who doesn't have a business background, probably it's a little bit more challenging for me to uh, recognize an opportunity and potentially take that risk. Um, and a lot of entrepreneurs seems to have less of a fear of failure compared to the average individual. Would you say that is true or am I kind of jumping to conclusions there as well? No, no, I think that's fair. I think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are fearless. And, and I think that comes with the uh, the understanding that even if you fail, you're going to learn a whole ton. So you have nothing to lose, especially as a young entrepreneur. And that's right. how I kind of uh, went into uh, Freshline yep. is, hey, I could go get a corporate job at you know Facebook or Google or uh, you know a consulting job. But really, um, I have no family. Uh, I, I don't have any liabilities. I don't have a mortgage or, or, or people that I need to take care of. Right. And really, my focus for the next 10 years should be learning and growing as quickly as I can to right. make uh, my future as bright as it can be. So uh, that was my mindset. And I asked when I asked myself, where am I going to learn the most? Right. Um, regardless or not, I, you know, succeed or fail. And to me, that was building my own business, learning the ropes of uh, marketing operations, product, uh, engineering, everything from the ground up. Right. And once I kind of evaluated those opportunities, it was a no brainer for me to uh, go after that. And, and maybe that is just uh, being somewhat young and foolish. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, over the last four uh, years, I really do think, um, you know, I, uh, what's played out um, is, is the ideal kind of cadence that I was looking for. Well, you are definitely young. I don't know about foolish, but um, for, for the audience, can you, can you tell us how old you are? Yeah, so I turned 25 this year, so okay. uh, not as young as I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> so if you started Freshline or Coastline four years ago, you said? Yeah, when you I was about 20, 21 years old. 2021. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And um, you are also recognized uh, with your uh, partner to be on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. This was in uh, 2018, I believe, or 2017. Is that correct? I believe it was 2018. Yeah. Okay. It was obviously an amazing achievement for uh, someone uh, so young as yourself. Uh, how was that? And where, how, how did that recognition come on about? And how has it changed your life? Or has it changed your life at all? Yeah, I mean, I think with anything like that, it's somewhat of a vanity metric. It's always great to to you know earn praise and recognition for you know the dedication and work you've put in. Right. But at the same time, uh, the business needs to go on, and you can only celebrate uh, vanity metrics like that for so long. Uh, you know, if you're building a business to chase metrics and chase 
you know, media mentions from Forbes or TechCrunch. Uh, that's the wrong rationale to, to start. So yeah. um, it's great. But uh, again, you know, uh, doesn't mean too much to me. Right. Um, how we got it, I think we've been surrounded with a gr- great list of mentors and advisors that have always uh, been with us and, and supported us through, you know, the peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were lucky enough to have uh, one of our investors uh, nominate us and we went through kind of a, an interview and um, uh, application process for uh, the 2018 uh, rendition of uh, the 30 under 30 and we were you know pleasantly surprised to find out that we had made the list yeah no that's obviously an amazing accomplishment and um, I'm really impressed with your maturity and your mindset I was going to ask you has that fearlessness ever been tested so far in your career or business? Uh, the fearlessness? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's tested really every single day. Um, you know, in business, uh, there is so much ambiguity. And especially when you're running a small startup, uh, you're operating with a significant dose of imperfect information. And that can be a pretty daunting process. Uh, especially if you're wearing, you know, hats across so many different departments and you need to provide a solid direction and foundation for not only yourself, but for team members around you and ensure they succeed. So that's a constant struggle and it can be a pretty um, frightening experience at times. Right. Um, so I, I would say, yeah, I deal with that on on a daily basis and it's just something that you need to to get over and you're never going to, have perfect information uh and you just need to be you know have raw doggedness and determination and and push through right um and be as data driven as possible and and also be as optimistic as possible because you know your intentions and your behavior and your mindset really rubs off on other members of the team yeah and i guess part of the that having that fear is motivating and very inspiring for you as well so um, I wanted to go back a little bit to when you started uh, Coastline or now known as Freshline, where, you know, you and your partner are young uh, entrepreneurs uh, dealing with uh, seafood industry, uh, people who are probably a lot older than you. Um, did you ever um, have a feeling that they thought you guys were too young and were inexperienced <laughs> with the business? And how did you gain their trust and confidence uh, moving forward. Right, right, all the time. Um, so really when we first started, um, my business partner and I actually took a week off of school uh, during exam season, flew out to uh, the Maritime. So we flew out into Nova Scotia, uh, spent a few days uh, kind of walking the docks and trying to talk to you know uh, what we thought would be our initial customers okay. uh, and ended up driving down to Boston uh, to the Boston Seafood Expo, uh, which you know had thousands of vendors and big incumbents across uh, really the world uh, showcasing their products, and we actually walked the show floor with uh, homemade brochures <laughs> trying to sell kind of version 1.0 MVP of our product. <laughs> uh, and through that experience, yes, hundred percent, we we ran into people that thought we were delusional, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and and thought we were too young. The, yeah. the average age at you know that show is probably 50 55 yeah and you know we were a bunch of uh peach-faced 21 year olds 
uh, coming in with their collared t-shirts trying to sell them software that probably didn't work very well either. So, right. um, yeah, yeah, it was quite a challenge breaking into that industry, but really for us, I think, um, the way we went about earning their trust and confidence was really being relentless, um, somewhat being foolish again to not give up and not take no's too hard. Right. Um, and we found that if you are really willing to put in the work, show the merits of your work and be relentless, you'll eventually find you know, customers that are going to support you and believe in you, uh, no matter what the industry or customer base is like. Right. Because, um, you know, seafood is probably one of the most archaic and uh, traditional industries out there. Yeah, that's the thing. So you have these two young guys trying to turn the whole seafood industry upside down. And they're probably looking at you. You guys are just crazy, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, no, yeah, you know. But I think that's the key: is persistence. You you also kind of hit another uh, mindset uh, of a lot of successful entrepreneurs that persistence and kind of sometimes not taking no as an answer and kind of putting in the work to show that look, uh, we are serious and kind of bringing uh, something new to the table here. And I kind of read about some uh, entrepreneurs as well that kind of just start young and they probably get told no millions of times, but they just keep persisting. And eventually people see that the, these kids are for real. So uh, I think that's probably your persistence definitely uh, showed there. Um, totally. And, and I think, I think you bring up a really good point there, Ben. Um, and a lot of investors that, you know, I really admire, uh, they compare the greatest founders actually to cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> as, as funny as that might sound, uh, because, you know, success in startups, it really doesn't come overnight. A lot of people think internet startup success comes overnight, uh, not knowing that, you know, even, you know, companies like Airbnb had to go through a lot of peaks and valleys and, and a lot of really tough times uh, before they succeeded. So a lot of success is, is about, um, you know, grinding it out through the highs and lows. And, and it's all about survival until the stars align and, and really yeah. things go your way and you latch on to that, to that luck and to that timing. Uh, and then you start taking off. So, you know, how they compare, uh, the, that's the reason they compare them to cockroaches is yeah. they survive yeah. no matter what, yeah. uh, through extinction events, through fires, through earthquakes, really yeah. through everything. Yeah. Uh, and then they come out on top at the end. I'll even bring up a pop culture reference. Um, you know, Puff Daddy or P Diddy. Mm -hmm. uh, the 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 story that's well known about his rise uh, to prominence in the hip hop industry was that he started as a young intern at a big record label in New York City called Uptown Records, and he was mm -hmm. nineteen or twenty years old at the time. And at the time, the CEO of Uptown Records was this gentleman by the name of Andre Harrell, who has since passed away. But he remembers P. Diddy or Puff Daddy very, very vividly because he was this nuisance, he would call him, always at his side, asking him relentlessly all these questions about the business. And originally, right. Andre Harrell, who's the big CEO, just didn't give Puff Daddy any of his time. But because of the sheer persistence and determination of Diddy, he decided, you know what, I think this kid is actually willing to put in the grind, willing, willing to put in the effort, and I should maybe give him some of the time. So, and then the rest is history. Um, so that's a little pop culture reference yeah, for, kudos for, you, to him. <laughs> for you young 25-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what would you say is the most difficult part of running your business or, or any business? 
I think yeah, I know the answer, I think, again, but I want to hear from you. Yeah, I think it's, um, again, the ambiguity and the imperfect information that comes with it. Um, okay. And as you scale and as you grow, uh, you know, you have mouths to feed. You're, you're not only, uh, you, you not only have to be intentional um, about, you know, how it impacts you and your life, but how it impacts the lives of, you know, the employees and, and people around you that have dedicated their own craft and their time and resources into making the business a reality and the business a success. So uh, all of that needs to come into consideration and you just need to be really intentional about every little thing you do. Um, and it's, it's really tough. Uh, running a business is probably the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, but right. probably the most uh, rewarding thing as well. Okay. And actually, that wasn't really the answer I, I was going to expect you to say because I grew up. Uh, <laughs> I grew up the son of a small business owner, uh, as you may or may not know. Yeah. I remember uh, him, my dad, telling me that the toughest part of running his small business was managing people and managing different mm. personalities. But that's maybe right. a difference between uh, an entrepreneur mindset and a small business owner mindset. Is that you don't really look at. Uh, that as initially a struggle or a difficult part of uh, the business. Yeah, and and I think we've been really intentional with the type of people that we bring on board, mm -hmm. um, to the point where we try to invoke as much as we can um, a flat hierarchy. So mm -hmm. uh, it's a flat, a flat organizational structure, and really every voice matters. And we bring in people that are able to lead themselves and work autonomously to really move the needle forward for the company. So right. uh, a mindset that we expect for everyone is, um, you know, even if you're an engineer, Hey, if you see a gap across uh, our marketing or sales department and you see an opportunity to uh, move the needle forward for the company, right. Uh, we want you to seize it. We want you to seize it, take it, run with it and, and really push that forward. Uh, Cause we want everyone to be, uh, knowing that they have the latitude to make strategic decisions right. and to really be pushing uh, for, for really anything as long as it's in the best interest of the company. So uh, with, the, with the type of people that we've brought on board uh, to Freshline so far, right. uh, management has really been a breeze. Uh, I don't feel like I'm, I'm a manager. I feel like I'm a partner with every other person um, yeah. in the team. Yeah. And we want to empower them to feel like that and to... Uh, to operate like that on, on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I was just going to mention the keyword empowerment. Um, so it's like, um, you know, we're both sports fans. So kind of every yeah. uh, member of the team is, is part of the greater goal of kind of pushing things forward, uh, just like a, a football team or basketball team. So, so there's no necessarily like a, a hierarchy. I mean, there's a, a written hierarchy that people know about, but underlying there's uh, definitely a kind of equal footing and empowerment between all individuals and probably makes uh, a very enjoyable work environment for everyone too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you nailed it in the, the head there. Yeah. So, you know, how do you find balance um, running a, a very busy and, and successful business? Um, <laughs> do you, do you, are you able to find balance? Yeah, I, I am. Uh, nowadays I've done a much better job at finding balance and, um, you know, spending time with uh, people that uh, I love, right. but previously I, I really did struggle with that. And, you know, the stress is, is something that um, envelops a lot of entrepreneurs and it's something that's 
really difficult to to deal with initially in the in the beginning stages of the company. Right. So for me, uh, you know, dealing with all of that, it's it's been about uh, understanding that the business doesn't fully ide- uh, fully define your identity. Right. So really, not getting too high and not getting too low. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, one of the best things I read years ago is that investing in your own well-being as a founder. Mm-hmm. So whether it's salary, whether it's work-life balance, whether it's treating yourself to experiences, uh, it's probably the highest return on investment action you can take yeah. uh, for your company or your organization. Yeah. Uh, since we are so fundamental and foundational to to the success of the company um, in the short term, in the long term, so um, I've kind of taken that that mindset to heart. And and try to divvy up time to you know play sports and work out. I, I work out probably five six times a week. Uh, I watch sports. I spend time with friends. Um, and I, I like to live by the mantra of uh, work hard, play hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's really been been helpful in helping uh, me be more efficient on the working side. Well, because I come back more refreshed and rejuvenated. Yeah. And that helps the business. Yeah, 100%. It's amazing that you've discovered or realized that at such a young age. Uh, I'm quite a bit older than you in my early 40s. And I can't say that I really realized that till maybe in my 30s. So uh, you're you're definitely a lot more mature than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, it was a, a bit uh, trial by by fire there. Because uh, yeah, I think I was working, you know, 70, 80 hour weeks for, you know, years for yeah. the first two years of my life. And I, I really did burn out. And uh, at times it was really hard for me to get up and go to the office yeah. uh, and put in another, you know, 10, 12 hour day. So, yeah. um, you know, something needed to change and that's really not a sustainable way to, uh, to live and to work. Uh, I know uh, a lot of publications and people in general really romanticize the notion of uh, working crazy hours and competing yeah. to see, Hey, uh, I got less sleep than you. Uh, I was working through the night, right. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's just a, a toxic way to, to live and work. Yeah. And it's something that's not conducive to success in the long run. No, I think there's definitely a shift uh, away from that now, especially uh, with COVID and uh, working from home. I think um, people are realizing that they can be more efficient uh, working yeah. maybe uh, less days in the week. Like they're talking about a, a four-day work week. Or yeah, know, there's that famous book, Four Hour Work Week. So I, yeah. I think there's definitely a trend towards more efficient use of your time. Time management is key. I think, you know, I know that you have time management because each time that we've tried to schedule this podcast, uh, when we text and try to confirm a time, the next thing I get is a, a Gmail Google Calendar <laughs> uh, update <laughs> confirming confirming the time that uh, you've set aside uh, to do this podcast. So, and in my mind, I knew right away. I go, this guy Joseph is very very organized and has good time management skills. So, uh, I find that with a lot of successful people, they definitely want to maximize their time. You don't want to waste time. Every every minute uh, matters, uh, whether it's for play or work or rest. Uh, everything is purposeful. Um, and I think you, you definitely, uh, display that. Yeah. The calendar really does rule my life. And, uh, you know, that's something that, uh, my girlfriend probably doesn't like a lot. The fact that I, uh, 
pencil her in and uh, <laughs> schedule our date nights uh, on our calendar. But uh, sometimes it's with so many things going hey, on. Hey, it's tell her, you know, when you, <laughs> when you pencil it in, it's something to look forward to because then you get that ding or that alarm yeah. the day of and you're like, oh, it's like Christmas or like some, uh, some yeah. holiday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to tell her that. But, you know, I used to try to keep everything in my head. But uh, as you get older, your memory starts to fade with uh, every little thing. So I, I tend to write things down now as well and put it in my calendar. So it's a definitely a good habit to uh, schedule things. So uh, so I, I'm going to try to wrap up here. But I wanted to ask you, you know, where, where do you see yourself and, and where do you see this company in, say, the five years or 10 years? Or do you even think like that? That's actually the other question. Is, do you even think five years, 10 years, or do you take it one year at a time or are you looking at more metrics of growth? Like, uh, how, do you, how do you think about the future? Yeah, yeah. We do look at both kind of short-term and long-term goals. So, you know, short-term, you know, we look at things quarterly and by yearly and we look at it, you know, more black and white and, and you know, quantitatively. And, you know, 10, run, uh, 10 years and 20 years, it's, it's more aspirational and qualitative. But, the ultimate goal for the company is for, for Freshline to blossom and to become the best-in-class marketplace for elusive ingredients like Hokkaido uni or Wagyu beef, really items that uh, you typically had to go to a high-end restaurant for and you know purchase at a really high or huge markup. Uh, and we really want to deliver that direct to a consumer's door wherever they live. So, uh, you know, we want to create accessibility for these fine ingredients, elusive ingredients, uh, and enable anyone to source them wherever they live. So um, that's kind of the company goal. And for me personally, uh, success is, is all about fulfillment. Um, if I was chasing money, I think uh, I would go down a very different path uh, than what I have today. Right. Uh, but it's all about getting fulfillment and, and, and growing every day and becoming the best you know, version of yourself in 10, 20 years. Do you? Uh, so that's my goal. I was just thinking: Do you do advertising at all for uh, Freshline, um, or how how do people become aware of Freshline if if they don't come across it just by accident or through a, through a yeah. word of mouth? Uh, mostly word of mouth. So uh, we're live in, I believe, seven markets across uh, the United States right now. We'll be launching in Canada or relaunching in Canada shortly, uh, but it's all word of mouth. So a lot of consumers trying out different goods. Um, they, they love the quality and the consistency and, and really the, the, the story of sourcing directly from producers and wholesalers instead of, you know, um, getting their products from supermarkets, um, for example. So, okay. um, once they try out a tray of, uh, uni shipped direct from Japan, uh, they want to immediately tell their friends about it. And there's, there's been a bit of a snowball effect in, in, in word of mouth. That's been really powerful for us. Yeah, I was going to ask you too. Uh, do you actually enjoy seafood yourself, or is it? Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge seafood guy. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually a, a really avid cook. Okay. And I'm a big foodie, so I do a lot of cooking at home. Um, and you know, with Coastline, I had access to probably any type of seafood under the sun. So, yeah. uh, you know, you name it, I've probably cooked it or, or eaten it. Well, you did mention uh, uni. Uh, earlier, and I think it's uni season, yeah. right? I was told, is it uni season coming up soon? Yeah, it, it depends on um, it depends on which region you're sourcing, sourcing from. But uh, right, that actually I don't know. But uh, yeah. yeah, I believe I believe it. It's it's uni season somewhere. <laughs> well, you mentioned Hokkaido uni, and uh, 
I've had Hokkaido uni before and it's amazing. So I might have to check out your website. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So anyways, uh, last question for you is how do you define success? Yeah, I mean, I think I touched on this earlier. I think success for me is, is all about fulfillment and, uh, you know, as well, like 10, 20 years down the line, it's about leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, you're going to pass away eventually. And um, for me, I want to be remembered and I want to be known as someone that made a difference and made an impact um, in an industry or at the community in large. Um, whether it's through my charitable foundation or through my you know, entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Um, I want to kind of pave the path for you know, other people and, and show that uh, entrepreneurship is a viable path. And uh, it's a great way for, for you to learn and to grow and you know, become uh, the best version of yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, that's an awesome answer. And I've actually learned a lot about you and very impressed with your mindset, your, your energy, and kind of your maturity as well. Um, and so congratulations to you. And re- I really thank you for taking the time to uh, be on the podcast. Uh, I know you're very busy. And I hope that people listening to this podcast kind of learn from you as well. Uh, learn uh, kind of the mindset that it takes if people want to be entrepreneurs. I actually think that a lot of people call themselves entrepreneurs. Uh, but I, I don't think everyone certainly has the mindset for that. So um, I'm definitely uh, learning a lot from you as well. So thank you. Totally, totally. Yeah. And thank you for taking the time today, uh, Ben. It was a pleasure talking yeah. to you and I definitely enjoyed the talk. And, you know, one thing I, I'd like to point out and, and, you know, put out there is I'm always looking to kind of give back and, and talk to people and, and really um, help where I can when it comes to, other entrepreneurs or other aspiring entrepreneurs. So if anyone has questions or, or wants to connect, uh, they can reach me at joseph at com. Awesome. And uh, and your website for Freshline is www.freshline.com or? Dot .io. Dot we're, .io. We're trying to get the .com, uh, but it's been a process. <laughs> okay. Okay. So www.freshline.io. So definitely check that out as well. Actually, I'm going to check that out right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thank you, Joseph. That was awesome. Okay. Thank you, Ben. Really appreciate it. Bye.